2: Hi there, folks. This is episode 213. It's our Friday roundtable. We've got a great panel here. We've got some great WordPress news stories, topic stories, and our main subject is how to speed up your development. I think it's going to be a great show. We've all had a great pre show discussion. And um, I think it's going to be great. So I'm going to let my panel introduce themselves. And ladies first, go on, Sally, you introduce yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Sally Getch. Uh, and my WordPress consulting business is WP Fangirl. My cat has appeared just in time to be introduced. Uh, and <clears throat> the East Bay WordPress meetup that I'm organizer of is preparing to do a contributor day in August.
2: Oh, sounds great. Yeah, fair right, um, I'm going to let Mendel introduce himself He's already had a rough day, folks He's been on the Facebook He's been on the Facebook Introduce yourself, Mendel
3: yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, it, I, but, Sorry, Adam, I was just making fun of you uh, He was having internet problems earlier I'm, I'm <laughs> Mendel, I'm on a gigabit internet connection
2: um, And
3: uh, I, I work at
2: You're uh, a big daddy then
3: I uh well I've been called things like that. Um uh, I work I work at uh Godaddy and um I I do uh you know I'm I'm just let's be honest I'm just a misfit. So um there you go. No, I don't think so,
2: but uh, he's had a bit already. I told him just keep off those Facebook panels, whatever he's doing on Facebook, just keep off it. Um, yeah, Adam.
3: the Cookie Monster uh, forum on uh, on Facebook was pretty <laughs> rough. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was the, using, anyway, it's weird, but yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it sounds it. Like, yeah. Uh, Adam, I'd uh, like to introduce
0: yourself. Sure. My name is Adam from WP Crafter. Hopefully, you can hear this. I was having some internet issues a moment ago, but you can find me at WPCrafter.com. I make WordPress videos for non techies, reviews that are actually honest and non paid for, and stuff like that tutorial videos. So, go check it out.
2: Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's been knocking them out, folks. I've, I've been watching some of them myself. Making um, some uh, enemies. <laughs> making lots of enemies. There we go. Anyways. There we go. Keep at it. Uh, um, <laughs> John, John uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure thing.
4: And, and right before I do, I want to tell Adam, if you're not making enemies, you're not trying hard enough. So good yes. job. Good job, brother. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, providing SEO and custom WordPress theme development for mid-sized companies. You can find my website, Lockdown Design. And my co-host to the left, Jonathan Denwood. How do we introduce yourself?
2: I think you're going to say finally, but no, that's the end, John. That's the the end, John. Well, I am the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance support company, and also I'm the co-host of this podcast. Um, so I think we'll start off with a couple quickie stories. Um, one from um, blog BlogAid um, um, website, and it's WordPress 4.8 Text Widget Meltdown, which, um, I think I'll ask John to start off on this one. What What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, so
4: definitely there there have been some people that uh, upgraded to WordPress 4.8, and they found that, uh, say, if they were using widgets to execute code or short codes or, or things like that, that it may have broken. So, so be aware that uh, this is a known bug in WordPress at the moment. It will be fixed in 4.8.1, and that's scheduled to be released at the beginning of uh, August. But in the meantime, what you can do to to fix your, if you have stuff that's in your text widgets, and you need it to go back to normal for the, for the time being, you can use um, a plugin called Classic Text Widget. Uh, but uh, keep in mind that you're going to have to copy, meticulously copy all your, Uh, widget stuff over from your previous site so you know make sure you have it all kind of copied and put in a safe place before you install this plugin but that'll be a temporary fix until they get it fixed in wordpress
2: yeah that it's caused a, a few problems with some of our clients but um we normally which is a little bit controversial because somebody some people will disagree with me here because some say slows the site down a little bit is that we mostly aren't got people using black studio, tiny MCE. Um, But we'll probably get caught out of all these changes with the editor. So we'll probably get hit as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, I think the problem is not so much people who are using it for like, you know, formatted text and, and that kind of thing. But people, when you, people have put codes in there, whether they're embed codes or sometimes I saw it happen where I had some um, font awesome, uh, uh, stuff in there, and the weird thing was, you know, when I first opened the text widget, it didn't show, and then I saved the text widget, and then it came back. It was quite peculiar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, al- although I haven't had any disasters happen, uh, you you know, you might find that something has disappeared or needs to be resaved or needs to be yeah. re-entered and uh, so yeah, you you might need to put the the classic text widget in for that kind of uh, for that kind of thing. And uh, I can't remember whether we have a, any kind of a, you know, code widget or or, or not that's been added. I don't, don't think we have, though. Um, so No, that,
2: that's quite odd in a way, really,
1: isn't it? But Well, I can, I can see why they would avoid encouraging people to put code into the widgets yeah. because, you know, who knows what code it is. The, the kinds of things people usually paste in are embed codes of some kind for forms yeah. or... but. Um, you know, however, I mean, it's always been possible to put code in a text widget. So if you knew that, you know, you could theoretically screw your site up by putting some bad code in there.
0: And this is a perfect example of if you are building websites for people, why you really need to have established some form of like a care plan, because here's just a seemingly normal WordPress update to 4.8. It's not like to five. It's not this massive update. And It's causing some problems and if your clients or if you have your own, it's that whole misnomer of WordPress being easy, you know, something happens like this, something's broken, someone doesn't know what the heck's going on Uh, and then they got to go and find someone if you build the website that's why you got to really have these care plans uh, available or something like that, or have a go-to expert like WP Tonic, <laughs> you know, to, to, to resolve these issues so that you, you do yes, the care th- plan. This is,
1: this is part of the reason it's worth paying for maintenance, whether you're paying yes. your regular developer or you're paying a third party like WP Tonic, yeah. which I personally prefer to encourage people to, and they somehow are not interested because, um, well, we know you already. Yeah. You know how boring I find maintenance? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow well, it's
2: difficult. For or use a um, tool or, or...
0: Sorry, go on. Oh, I was saying, or use one of those tools. I, I know some hosts, I don't know if GoDaddy does this, Mendel, um, but uh, to have one of those hosts that have a service so when you update it checks to see if anything looks different it takes a snapshot before does the update then takes a snapshot so you even know that this is going on because i guarantee there's probably a ton of websites they don't even know that they have this problem
1: right i i one thing that i have started to to do even though i I i'm a long time fan of of backup buddy uh and particularly like it for doing migrations um, I've started to put updraft plus premium on most yeah. of my sites because uh, it, it makes an automatic backup before every update. So whenever you update, <clears throat> if something breaks, you have, you have a thing to revert to immediately.
3: So um, I, I, so I think um, there, there are varying degrees of, of um, uh, opportunistic screenshot uh, backup tools, uh, but the, the, the two, the two best things I think anybody can do is um, number one, uh, a, a service like Managed WP or Main WP or Infinite WP, or uh, there are a million something WPs out there. Um, I'm partial to Managed WP because they're part of GoDaddy, but, uh, but well, they're and,
1: also they're also awesome and have a really um, nice interface.
3: Yeah, and then uh, the the other thing is uh, strangely, I don't know if y'all know this, but cPanel. Um, has an option when you spin up a new site. um, One of my sites is on a VPS with cPanel. Um, And when you spin up the new site, it asks you whether or not you want to have it back up before any automatic updates. And then cPanel will actually automatically update your site um, and create a backup. If there's an error or an issue, uh, you can roll back. And I think it actually might in some cases do it automatically if the site doesn't resolve afterwards. So, uh, something
2: to keep in mind <laughs> that 's a great point actually I tend to, but we do set that as a we're we 're we pretty anal apart from my own website <laughs> apart from my own site website which i 'm not everybody else is we 're pretty anal uh, about multiple backups at different time periods and where we store them because you can 't have enough in your in our game you can 't have enough backups you just can 't um, so we 're a bit backup crazy um but watch out for that, folks. I think we've covered that. And um, on to another story, um, which was a survey about hosting, um, and basically everybody's happy about hosting. I'm going to let Sally start this one again. What did you think of that? that- right.
1: So I, I read this, and and they were talking about basically, uh, you know, the, the 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 big hosts, the uh, you know, the GoDaddy, BlueHost. Uh, host Gator um, and the sort of surprise results that um, people were mostly quite happy with these hosts uh, and the difference in this you know I, I was somewhat surprised at, at, at these results um, is uh, that a lot of the hosting surveys that are done out there mostly survey developers yeah. and the developers tend to all come back saying they prefer that you know the <clears throat> higher-priced uh, hosting that optimizes specifically for WordPress, uh, and most of the people surveyed in this were fairly new to to WordPress uh, and to having a website, and so they didn't really have anything to compare it to. But they were not, you know, intrinsically unhappy uh, with their experience. Um, you know, they had they had what you know, seven hundred and thirty-six people comment on go daddy Hmm. out of go daddy's entire millions of um That,
2: that was go daddy
1: uh, no actually uh and it wasn't even the usual person who interrupts me i i, I mm. keep meaning to go and tell comcast to like not let my phone ring but between you know nine and ten thirty but it's uh,
2: something very persistently that, that rings you during this show isn't it is it's almost I, every week
1: almost every week yes and the thing is i don't well, get you that should many phone calls him. you should
2: let them join the show actually as a panelist
1: uh yeah it uh,
2: right.
1: wouldn't right. be interesting to most yeah. of the people of right. me um <clears throat> So I uh, forget what I was uh, saying. Oh, yes, that, you know, 736 people is not a large sample of, of, of GoDaddy's customers. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think that this kind of goes back to what Matt said uh, about the uh, hosts that were listed on WordPress.org. That, well, there you know, the Bluehost was on there and people, you know, bashed them all the time, and you know, me included, I have some clients on there, and I'm not a fan. Um, though they did at least start rolling out free uh, SSL for WordPress sites. Uh, but that, you know, there are many, many happy customers uh, on these uh, hosts, and uh, I suppose that's true. It's not going to change, you know, my opinion of, of what I like and, and don't. Oh. But on the other hand, if, if people are happy with what they have, I'm not
2: going to try and persuade them to go elsewhere well you know we're in a kind of bit of a bubble aren't we because we're you know um but a lot of people um if if that you know the major hosting providers weren't satisfying their clientele to a certain degree um they wouldn't be in business would they um so what what did you think of this mendel
3: oh i'm so happy you asked um yeah so uh
0: Give us your unbiased opinion.
3: I, I I will actually. So it's it's super easy to hate on um, GoDaddy and BlueHost and um and insert large host here. And by the way, as hosts are getting bigger, it's easier to hate on them too, right? Um, or as as they have. Um uh technology uh issues that they need to address as they grow. Um it happens uh it happens with every single host. Um here's what I'll say. So Sally's not gonna say it because she's super nice, but uh I'm gonna bring it up anyway, which is which is crazy of me. But she was saying, Hey, uh I get frustrated because their their um GoDaddy sometimes has a." Uh, like slow dashboard or, or annoying dashboard or something like that. And the reality is um, a company like, like as a developer, a lot of people look at um, what's, what's going on uh, at a host with um, all of the frustrations. Those are the things they, they often remember. And a lot of, um, there are a lot of legacy systems out there. Right. um and unfortunately, when a when a customer gets to a, a web developer, a web designer, uh, a lot of the times they're on a legacy system, and so it it creates, creates frustration. So all all I all I would say is you know there's um, there's millions and millions and millions of customers on um, on larger on larger hosts. Um, uh, I, I know it may have seemed surprising uh that goDaddy was was on that list of of good hosts, but the reality is um, uh, the 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 changes have been uh okay that's not um unbiased but uh the changes the changes at the company have really helped uh technology wise and brand wise and stuff like that so I think the majority of people that do business uh with with goDaddy and with with other hosts right um if you're HostGator Dream host gator or a dreamhost or bluehost or or, or Flywheel, or WP Engine, or SiteGround, or whoever. Like, people, people that do business with all of those hosts like them for uh, particular reasons, and sometimes there are um, tr- some troublesome things. I, I, all, all I'll say is, if you are the type of person that goes on to Twitter, on to Facebook, on to Instagram, wherever you go, and you yell as loud as you can, I understand that you're frustrated about something, um, but generally in the world, uh, p- people are less likely to be excited about helping helping you if if you're mean, right, uh, or if you're or if you're a jerk which is probably why I brought up Sally because she's like the nicest person I know. So, right. Well, yes.
1: Uh, and, and I, I was, I was mean to Mendel, but I am actually polite and gracious to support. No, no, when but I, them. I,
3: I wasn't saying that about you, but I, it just in general, you know, like, like if, if you're experiencing uh, some, some issues uh, then talk to somebody about it. Um, but, uh, but don't like go and yell with a, with a megaphone um, because then, it, it, you know, reactionary stuff isn't sustainable, right? Like somebody's just gonna do uh, what they can do to get you to stop yelling and to fix your problem. Um, but what, what we, like what I really want is to actually like fix a systemic issue, right? And so that comes from having a, a reasonable and reasoned conversation. So that's, that's my opinion on the matter
2: yeah and i think <clears throat> i don't want to speak speak for you Mendel, but i also think you're suggesting that um there's legacy systems there's more there's more choice in the godaddy um internal environment than most people realize and with um you and your team you're um seeking to upgrade the choices um that customers um will be having offered to them in the GoDaddy environment would that be about right
3: yeah i mean a, a great example i run a i run a hiking site with 10 12, trail guides on it right now mm-hmm. um it's a wordpress site uh uses a decent amount of resources i don't have that on shared hosting there's no way that it could be on shared hosting our hosting isn't like shared hosting isn't designed for for that use case so it it's on a GoDaddy VPS. It hums like a hummingbird. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's choosing the right technology in all cases, right? And and GoDaddy's not the right solution 100 percent of the time. Um, neither are other providers. Um, sometimes, you know, your 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 site has unique requirements. And you need to go host with Amazon or PageLay or whatever, right? So, I, I think it's. Um, I think too often, uh, when I was a developer developing sites for clients, I would leave them in a particular place, or I would have an allergic reaction to where they were and ask them to move just cause, um, and, and really now with the perspective of working for a host, um, I, I think a lot of clients are mismatched on technology. And so getting them to the right technology and asking the right questions to your host, um, is, is super, super, super important.
2: Yeah. Oh well,
1: and, and the more complex your site is, the the more hosting resources you're you're going to need. And if you need those things, you do need to pay for them. And I think, you know, part of what clients are looking for when they don't know better is what's cheap. And what's cheap is not going to be, you know, the, the client site I'm working on now. She's about to add um an LMS and WooCommerce. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, your site has been performing Pretty well because it's a you know because it's a simple site. We might need a bigger engine to pull this trailer, you know, as as we add oh. the as we add the extra functionality, and and therefore you're probably going to have to pay more for hosting.
2: Surely, Joe great conversation. Um, I think we'll move on to probably that's yeah, going to be our final story, but it's um, a pretty big one. Well, interesting. Well, I love the title, Inside WordPress theme review team money abuse and inconsistent leadership it's like the good the bad and the ugly is that uh um, i'm gonna hit, um adam um lead on this one um what what did you think of this particular saga article post adam
0: Yeah, well, actually, I came across this article because of John's Twitter feed, Lockdown Design's Twitter feed. Um, I saw the link or I saw your comment on it. I clicked through. And then what really got me interested in this article is they're talking about two themes that I'm very familiar with. And I talked to the developers and I have a little input in. And that was, uh, it talks about Ocean WP, and it talked about the Astra theme. So, I know. <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, the Astra theme, I, I know what the, with the referenced screenshot in the, the article was about the fact that there was another theme named Astra that had like no installs. It was like four or five years old and it's starting to get hard to pick a name for your theme unless you want some crazy long name. And, and so, uh, that whole issue with Slack. I remember Sujay, he's the guy that made the theme. He came and he contacted me afterwards. He's like, oh my gosh, there's all this WP drama going on on Slack right now over my theme. And he was telling me all about it. So basically, um, there are a lot of problems with the whole it's like a lose-lose if you're on that theme review team, right? So about six months ago, what was the complaint? It takes a year to get my, my theme in the repository. And so they fixed that. Now you can get a theme in a lot quicker. Now the big argument is, Oh, you know, if, um, if uh, you know, these guys are getting special treatment and these guys are getting special treatment and the, the special treatment boils down to, What is the slug? So when you install a theme and it puts that theme and the theme files in the WP themes directory, and there's what's called a slug, that's the folder name. And the main problem has to do with a theme called Total. Now there's a theme called Total for Sale on ThemeForest that is on probably about 40,000 websites. And so a person created a theme, called it Total, submitted it to the WordPress. Press repository and got it that same slug so the repository has this issue where it tries to decide what's a popular theme and it's a very basic how it does this and it's not it's not advanced at all and it basically is active installs so all of the theme forest active installs went with the free theme and it put it on the top of the popular list and so there's this issue of how much money will a theme make if it's free but on the popular list and then there's a paid upgrade and that's where the whole problem starts. I think the best solution is to remove the uh, popular, option in the WordPress theme repository and on the WordPress website. That's the only solution is to just completely remove that because there's all this infighting. I would, I would hate to be a volunteer on that theme review team because you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And, you know, it just seems they don't have the tools. So the issue is if I come up with a theme, how the heck am I supposed to know if that same slug is being used by some other theme? there's no tool given to theme developers to see if a slug is taken before they create their theme and release it and the problem lies with the second issue in the article was the the gaming of the fact that um it wasn't like the nefarious one of using someone else's slug it was while you release a theme, get a lot of active installs, and then you push it into the repository to get on that popular list. But every theme that they listed that, that he said did that, and it's a bunch of bull crap, uh, all, all the themes he listed that do that, because these are themes that they can't sit around and wait for the theme to be approved before they try to get active users so, if it takes six months to get your theme in there, are you supposed to just sit there and not market or talk about this thing you've spent hours on? No, you, you've got to start marketing it. So, I know with the Astra theme, he just sent an email out say, hey, do you want to check out my theme? It's coming out. And 2,000 people a- installed and activated it. So, on day one, when it hit the repo, it was on the popular list because it had all these active installs. But it wasn't for some nefarious reason. And the same thing with Ocean WP. that took six months to get approved. So he's not sitting there waiting and hoping that, you know, it gets approved and then he's going to move forward with it. He moved forward anyway with it until it got in there. So there's a lot of problems with this article, but I think to sum it up, they got to just, you know, if everyone's going to whine and complain about this popular list, I think they should just get rid of the popular list and let people find themes on the merit of the themes.
2: Yeah. Um, fantastic. I loved it, Adam. Um, what, what What did you think, John? Yeah, I mean, that was
4: inspired, but uh, my big takeaways uh, from this article is, you know, it's all fun and games until money's on the line. And a lot of people put, the whole incentive for putting free themes in the repo is to upsell the pro version of the theme. And uh, so this is a way to... Uh, it's a kind of a backdoor way to make money. But I mean, you look at what happened with uh, Zara Flight and, you know, when they uh, were taken off the uh, theme directory for a while, it caused them a big hit and they're still kind of recovering from it. Um, My big takeaway is there needs to be some sort of structure in here or some sort of policy that's followed every time. It's not so much a policy, it's the inconsistency of like how things are applied. Uh, because I think the theme author, he, he did a little experiment where he created a theme, uh, where it had a, a name conflict and then he, where an existing theme already had that name, he put it in the repo and then, uh, whoever was above him on the food chain said, no, can't do that. Uh, and then he's, they closed the ticket and then he said, okay, I'm going to reopen these two tickets that I've told you guys about where there's two themes that, they're named after these commercial themes. And so as a reward for that, they didn't appreciate that. So they demoted him and decommissioned him and all that. And, they, and so, it, you know, I guess the lesson here is is they're just, I, and I, I get it. It's a lot of volunteer work. Um, it, I mean, it's volunteers that make the theme uh, review team work, but let's just have some policies that are consistent or, You know, as Adam said, just get rid of the popular tab altogether because obviously, like, you know, by attaching, you know, financial um, incentives to it, you know, and that's just the reality of it. uh, People are going to try and game the system. And so we need to have some sort of rules. That's my thoughts.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mendel, what did you think of the article? What's been said?
4: Uh, It's been a problem for a
3: while. Um, We're... uh, we're all volunteering humans that are trying to make it work and um it's probably worth some additional scrutiny uh there there if if other people support the fact that there's um um that there's an that there's an issue with the algorithm and there's an issue with the way things are being sur- surfaced or things can be gamed then um then i think the the good, the good alternative is probably to remove um, that uh, listing temporarily, right? Um, mm-hmm. The, that the, that the algorithm produces and decide on a um, quote unquote fairer um, algorithm. Uh, but again, it's kind of the same theme each, each week uh, when there's some sort of WP drama Um, it's it's all it's all volunteers. So whether it's this or the customizer debacle or or whatever, right, or or um, Gutenberg or whatever, like they're all they're all it's it's all the same thing, right? There's 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 an issue um, people voice their opinion uh, uh, Somebody should um, take take notice whoever's built that functionality or whoever whoever's in charge of it and then um And then if, if it really is something where it's creating unfair commerce, then in that case, it might be good to take it offline. Um, although like, just remember that that might also hurt people that are, um, right now making a living and feeding their children, uh, with, with this money as well. So like, um, you know, think about that too. Um, I think it would probably make people happy just knowing somebody is concerned, taking a look and and is and is looking at really a a thoughtful way in in making a change so um
2: yeah Let
0: let me just say one thing i know i'm a little chatty on this issue there's another theme called generate press in the in the repo and it's one of the older themes uh not old and outdated but it's like Awesome theme, but it's because it's older. He's not in that popular list. The guy's name's Tom, making a killing because he's actually marketing it socially. You know, the guy's making a lot of money. He's not relying upon that popular list. He's he's not being lazy about his theme. He's out there hustling. And the same reason why Hestia's in that top list, which is Theme Iol, which is the same guys that did um, uh, Zera Flight. The reason that's in the top isn't because of any of these things. It's because they're putting the work in outside of that. You know, of course, there is some net benefit too. But, you know, if they did put that on pause, it would put people in check that are just hoping to make a quick buck that, you know, you got to put a little effort in. Have a good theme and get people talking about it or marketing it outside of just that one list.
2: Great. What do you think, Sally.
1: Um, I think that if you get rid of the popular list, there will be more people complaining louder. Uh, you know, that that it, it is kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't. I I think the theme review team is trying to improve its processes, but it's clear they still have a ways to go. And the answers are not necessarily going to be easy or or obvious because pretty much any decision you make is going to affect someone. And, um, You know, there are people who put free themes in the repo who are not trying to, you know, upsell to a commercial theme. And and this issue may not matter so much to them. Uh, But it obviously does matter to people who are, you know, the the reason they've gone through all the hoops necessary to get their theme approved is because it will get it exposed and, and bring them business. And when you have as many themes as are in the repo, getting them, you know, showing them to people is is tough. So yeah, you know, is there a better way to determine active installs? I mean, the thing is you could theoretically enforce unique slug names within the repo, but you can't necessarily enforce unique, you know, theme folder names for themes that are not in the repo. And depending on, you know, how things are, are being checked, that algorithm is just going to get confused. Uh, so, you know, they may need some... Uh, more thorough way to, to run that algorithm to, to make sure it's like also checking the, like, you know, the theme developer URI or something in the, in the style sheet so that they know it's actually the it installs of the, the, correct theme with that name. Um, so you know, you know but know people what? will complain no matter what you do that, that I think is the theme of today's show so far. <laughs>
2: um yeah, my my thoughts about this is um, a I have no idea why they're getting involved in all this. Really, in a way, the review team I see the review team around quality of code and security. Um, is the it, does the code of the theme meet um, the You know, the requirements that been set forth about code quality and that it's not a security threat. I think everything else, they should keep clear of it. If 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 um, if a theme developer done done well on ThemeForest and wants to use the same name, live at it, because as far as I'm concerned, it's just shown that the theme was really popular on ThemeForest. That might be a good sign that people actually want it. Uh, um, I, I really think they want to keep away from all the trying to be gatekeepers of... A commercial environment because it, it will never work because there are people will always when it's money involved people will always find ways of trying to manipulate the system um mm-hmm. because money is involved um, and that's human nature to some degree um the other thing is um it goes back five years ago when i was trying to become a, a naturalized american citizen and i was dealing with the with the um, the people at Homeland Security in Reno who didn't appreciate some of my English humour. And uh, so I gave up on that because that wasn't going to work with them. And they they just didn't seem to answer my letters. But then I got my first meeting and a very nice American um, immigration officer invited me into her office and the office was just filled with case notes and I said, how many case, cases have you in this room? She said, I have over 500, Jonathan. And then it, then I realised that I wasn't going to get really fantastic service here. I wasn't going to get my letters answered really that quickly because they don't have the resources because each, each immigration officer's got 500 cases plus. And it's really important for me my case but it's just one of 500 for that poor lady so you know what i want ain't gonna happen and i when i was listening to all this it just kind of theme. it's just the same situation for the theme developer it's really 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 important and it you know there could be some substantial money on the line here but for the um for the people, the volunteers, um, it's just one other theme, isn't it? <laughs> that's just the reality of it. It's just another theme that they're doing for free. They're, they're doing, they're getting all this crap from people, and they're not even getting paid for it. Uh, um, so that's not a great thing. What do you think, John? Uh, do, just to finish off, do you think I was waffling there? Yeah, I think it's time for a break. <laughs> you think I was waffling. Uh, right, all right, no, then, folks, we're going to go for our break and we'll be back with our main topic speeding up your WordPress development. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages page layouts, widgets, updates and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay, sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com, just like the
2: podcast. We're coming back folks. We've had a really great discussion and some great WordPress news stories, and we're going to go quickly into our main topic. So I'm going to ask John um, off. Um, got any kind of insights, tips, to start off the conversation about speeding up your WordPress development?
4: Yeah, so I, and I think a lot of the people on the panel will agree with this, that um, you know your development process kind of evolves over time. Yeah. And um, I, I think a lot of it is just... You know, evolving your setup, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, having a process like an environment uh, that set up um, a system for developing, you know, um, and and a lot of tools that you can use. One would be desktop server, where you can uh, clone uh, a type of site. Say if you have a, a base theme and you have a set of plugins that you install on most of your sites. You could, uh, you know, set that up as as a clonable install, and that's definitely one way to, uh, you know, improve. Um, you know, definitely it's it's one thing that I do in particular is I'll save like little code modules. Say if I use uh, something on one project, I'll reuse it on another. Uh, so I have built up over time just kind of a library. Of of different code modules that uh, that I can drop into different projects and and uh, reuse those. stuff. So.
2: and what text editor are you using, John? Uh, Sublime Text. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you kind of um, modulated it with different modules and extras to your taste?
4: No, I keep it pretty basic. I mean, um, you know, as far as that, I just basically have a folder where I have uh, you know different. Uh, you know, pieces of code, uh, different themes and stuff that, that I've developed. And that way I can go back and reference things pretty easily to where if I need to replicate something that I did before, I've already got it on hand. So it's and also, a, yeah. I don't know
2: if you do it, but I, I, I also um, have a, a number of those bits in um, um, Text Expander, which I use on my Mac. So I can do some short codes and boom, a whole, a whole part of um, coding disappears if you do that at all.
4: Uh, No, but I know a lot of people that do use Text Expander for for different purposes, and that's definitely one purpose that
2: you can use it for. All right, then. On to Sally. Got any initial tips insights about how to speed up your WordPress development, Sally? Uh,
1: Well, you know, I I know that I need to put some better processes in place for myself, but one thing I have learned, in addition to the, the usefulness of keeping a snippets library, and there are some tools for Storing those i it's another thing I haven't gotten around to doing, but I can usually remember, oh, I just use that in X site um, you know I'll, I'll go there and see what I did um, but the really important thing is all the to speed up your development is all the stuff you do before you start writing code right. all of the you know the discovery process and the functional spec and, and that kind of thing that you do before you start writing code because if you're not sure what you're creating, it's hard to create it efficiently. Uh, And then you may end up having to rip out a bunch of stuff and and redo it. If if you weren't clear on what the client wanted or the client wasn't clear on what you were planning to do, or the client has changed their mind, which does happen. uh, But, That, you know, for instance, you know, one of the reasons you want to do a content audit if they have content already, whether it's on a website or or they have stuff that they know they're going to put on the website is so you know, okay, I need to create, you know, these kinds of, of custom post types uh and these kinds of custom taxonomies and i you know now i know them all i can build them all into one you know post type and taxonomy plugin or uh you know in some cases well i know they're going to want events or i know they're going to want testimonials and i'm going to use a different you know i'm going to use a plugin for for those things but the more you know in advance about what you're doing the faster it will be to actually do it
2: yeah i think that's a great point actually thanks for that sally uh, mendel you know um i a little bit less involved in coding now. Um, but like Jackie and probably yourself, you know, you've you got, you got modern um, development flows using SAS, compiling the code, pushing it up, Git. Um, how do they figure in into uh, a cycle of making you, uh, your development quicker?
3: Correct who are you uh asking that
2: question to to you Mendel.
3: oh oh to me yeah um i don't use them don't. Uh, i'm 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 a jerk i'm a cowboy coder um through and through uh i um no, nothing i work on anymore is is um so mission critical that uh if it goes down for a second it's not gonna cause or it's going to cause a a big problem. I don't work on, I actually just divorced myself from my last client, um, about, uh, two months ago. Um, I've been been trying to shake, shake him for a while, but he just, um, kind of loved the the work that I did. Um, I have, I have a lineup of tools that I think if you use them, uh, it'll be life changing, um, beaver builder and beaver themer, uh, that way you can handle some of the previewing of stuff, um, without actually deploying it or publishing it. Um, desktop server. Uh, I think somebody else brought that up, but really great tool, um, to work locally. A lot of devs like to do that still. Um, and, uh, ma- um, like stuff like managed WP, right. Uh, something, uh, something to manage user roles to keep updates rolling with your, um, with your customers, um, and then uh, the last is kind of on the back backend um, client management side, like client management tool, um, uh, like like shameless plug GoDaddy Pro, uh, because because of the account delegation, right? Um, so you can buy domains on other people's behalf instead of having them uh, give them give your password. So um, I, I think I think those are. Probably, like, if you're if you're not um, if if you're not interested in getting into the code and and uh, you know um, compiling uh, compiling CSS and stuff like that, then then do it that way. Uh, on the development side, by the way, I've I've heard that um, that Pantheon uh, is actually pretty interesting with uh, the way if you're if you're really into hardcore standards um and you're just like i want the system to slap me on the wrist and not let me do things when um uh, when they're not proper like it's not proper de- development workflow um that's uh th- you know things like that um can can help to kind of wrangle your your process
2: so. oh yeah they got they got they got some great technology we did have the actual ceo of pantheon on the show a few months ago great guy and um we had a great discussion, didn't we, John? Sorry, yeah. Sorry I was mute. Unmo- yeah, we definitely did. Yeah,
4: go back and check that episode.
2: Yeah, so um, Adam, um, what kind of workflows and any kind of tips, insights you got for people looking to develop their first websites, maybe as a consultant or initial developer?
0: Yeah, well, I think the best first piece of advice is to use the same stuff on all your projects. So don't go and use 10 different themes and you get a new client and you try to get the perfect theme that kind of meets their needs because that's just going to cost you so much in time because now you're constantly going through a learning curve, learning curve, learning curve. If you just stick to a standard set of tools, you're going to be so much more ahead of the game. and. And also, I'm a big fan of page builders. So, what's nice about, uh, say, Elementor or or Beaver Builder, let's just talk about Beaver Builder, is you can save these things that you, or these sections or rows as they call them, you can save these and reuse them over over and over. together what you think is the per to action section. You can save that and then it's just stitching all these things together. You can crank out your basic kind of uh, websites really, really easy. I think that's great. I personally am a big fan of local by Flywheel. It's a free computer program. You can use it on a Mac or a PC. It allows you to install WordPress on your local machine, but uh, it has a really neat feature. It's on your machine, right, so your client can't get in to see it, but it has a little feature where it will create a public link you can email that to your client and then they can take a look at the website. That is a great tool and you can also, I think um, John was talking about this, you can create blueprints. So you can have your theme you use, your plugins, everything, your base configuration created as a blueprint and you can create new sites off this blueprint. It's such a huge, huge time saver. And the last thing I'm showing my age here, I totally forgot what it was. Huh. <laughs> those are those are yeah. some pretty pretty good tips uh, right there. <laughs> so, That's great. It's,
2: anyways. great. it's great stuff. Right? Thanks for that. It's interesting um because um have obviously uh, one of our panelists Jackie she's a a great SAS, but also you know on this panel uh, I would I would say that almost all the people on this panel don't use SAS. Um I think it's really um Decision making, you know, about what kind of development you're doing. What are you a kind of individual freelance developer, or are you going to be working in a very structured team environment? And that will probably um, lead to you making decisions about using SaaS and some of the other um, terms that I used. Um, obviously, compiling will save you some time, but then you got the whole point. Do you want to go down that road? So it's 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 quite interesting. All this. Would you agree with that, John? Are you are you there, John? You're not muted, are no. you?
4: Yeah, pre-processors, uh, compilers, all those uh, things are tools that you can use to to make. Uh, creating sites quicker, you know, so, so definitely those, there are a lot of tools out there uh, at hand.
2: So. But there's a learning curve, isn't there?
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Any new technology, uh, any new uh, system that you're implementing you have to get familiar with so
1: yeah I, I mean you know adam's choice about you know finding the tools you like and and yeah. sticking to them is is a, a very sensible one i i used beaver builder on a site for the first time in a couple of years um this past week and you know it was great but there was a learning curve i mean it's it's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. straightforward to use but there was still about an hour of just getting familiar with it um you know and then another hour of running around chasing what turned out to be a bug in the child theme I was it was using where it wouldn't work if you switched it to a static page a static home page um, but which you know was not beaver builders fault but it's like yeah you're gonna run into some things the first yeah. time you use anything uh, and so there are things that will save you time but only after you've put in the the time to get to know how to the, how to use them and and sometimes it, it's that that first bit of time you have to put in that can be a barrier to switching you know to something that would be more efficient than what you're already doing but you know how to do what you're already doing um,
2: Oh, I think. I think. Oh, sorry, go on, Adam. Was oh, you?
0: sorry. I was going to say. I remember that last bit of information that I wanted to say. If you're building websites for clients or anything design work for clients, I think the thing that takes up the most time is the client communication and the back and forth. Um, and there's a great tool. It's I think it's projecthuddle.io. It's actually a WordPress plugin. You install it on your website so you could install WordPress on a subdomain maybe like projects dot your domain dot com and then you just when you're developing a website for someone you just load it up in there and you can send them a link and then when they click on that link to look at your website they can mock it up in their web browser they can also on an image and then click and make a note saying, I don't like this image. Can you use this image instead? Or click on some text. I don't like this text. Can you do it instead? And then you can delegate those tasks off. You could do it. It's a real structured, organized way. And it's like dirt cheap, something like 80 or 90 bucks for a year of streamlining the communication so you're not on the phone all the time. Because that that's where all your time goes is talking on the phone because you got to ask about the kids or you're a jerk, you know. Um, uh, so uh, this, this way you can, you know, uh, get around all that.
2: I think that's a great tool. And I think also using Zoom um, and being able to video conversations and um, share notes, that helps. But that's a great tool. Um, what well, I was going to ask, Sandy, um, so of off the panel, I think you're the only real hardcore Genesis developer. Um, how do you think, that it, on reflection, how that's helped you streamline your coding?
1: Well, I, you know I remember the first time I looked at a, a Genesis theme file you know a, a, in a child theme and, and all it said was Genesis I'm like tell me your TF uh, but once you get to know it you know what and I think this is not you know it's not exclusively true of, of Genesis it's true of any framework or any other tool that you're using once you're familiar with it the fact that you know you know where all the hooks are and how to manipulate the the data that way and that you can you know add a you know you can add a little Conditional into a, a custom functions file rather than having to create a whole new template um, can make things uh, very efficient. But it is, you know, again, first you have to learn the framework, and for somebody just starting, that may or may not be helpful. Certainly, for somebody who's not going to be working as a developer, building a lot of sites for clients, where where having those that additional code library is going to be useful that may not be worth it to you now m- many of the child themes can be used as they are by clients who are who really never even see the framework and the fact that they're child themes means that when the the main genesis framework is updated you know it's not going to break anything in your child theme uh, but uh, you know so I like it and I, you know, continue to to like using it and the fact that there's a you know large group of other people who do it and who are available for support and to ask questions to and, and so on. Those are all good things. And I think that you know the, the first time I encountered something by Studio Press was before Genesis and I just appreciated the fact that the code was cleanly commented so that I I as a pretty much newbie developer could figure out what was going on.
2: That's great stuff. Um, to wrap up the show, I'm going to go through the panel and ask them if there's any kind of resources um, online that come to their mind that um, can give kind of advice about process, different technologies. I'm going to start off with John about this. So, John, is anything that comes to mind uh, online, any kind of resources that you regularly go to that help with process? Uh, you know,
4: I would recommend that anyone who's looking to, you know, beef up their process and streamline some, go talk to Tanya Mork from Know the Code, yeah. and yeah, she definitely has a lot of great tips for making your development and process faster and making you a more profitable developer.
2: And we interviewed a few weeks ago, didn't we? Episode two hundred. Go check it out. Yeah, it's got the links there. What about you, Adam? Do you think that? come to mind
0: yeah i think uh joining a community where there are other people trying to do the same thing that you're doing helps and i think the best community i found online it's a tight-knit community it's the wp innovator facebook group i think it's facebook.com slash wp innovator that might take you there or you could just go just google it i'm sure you'll find it it's an amazing group of people that are developing, super helpful. You ask your question, you're going to have a dozen people trying to help you. And it's, it's probably because it's a small group. It's under 1,000 people right now. Of course, after this uh, this broadcast, I'm sure it's going to skyrocket, but uh, it's a gem. It's definitely a gem.
2: Yeah, run by one of our panelists, Lee Jackson, who's sunning himself in Florida as we speak. I hope you're enjoying your martini, Lee. Rob. Uh, um, Mendel, got any um, suggestions about resources, online stuff that might help people on about this subject?
3: Uh yeah, three things, and they're—you um, guys are gonna hate me for bringing them up, but uh, WordPress.org. Uh, there there are some suggestions there on how to set up a development environment how to get started Um, also if you visit any of the websites for tools that help you get started I'm sure flywheel has some information definitely know that desktop server has a blog where they talk about things and those people um, at least I know I know the peeps at desktop server are super excited to help you get through the the hurdle of setting up your environment um, like go to your local WordPress meetup. Uh, there will be people there that will be able to help you. Mm-hmm. So that's not online but in person. And then also um, WordCamps with a contribution day. Uh, there's, there's no better way to set up a development environment than to go to your first contribution day at a WordCamp um, and get, get um, set up. And, and the, um, the one-two punch there is that you'll also then be set up to con- uh, contribute back to the project. So. Yeah, I think,
2: I think that was great stuff, Mendel, uh, especially desktop server, because they are a really helpful crew, and they do have some great stuff on their website about getting started up. And, and it's all for Tiff Voice. Um, you, you know you're not going to get rubbish advice from there. Sal, um, and Sally, got any um, resources?
1: Well, I think people have covered a lot of them, but if you do want to get into... Um working with the Genesis theme framework, there is a Genesis Slack channel run by Sridhar Kadakam. And he also has a great tutorial website
2: uh, that
1: I'm happy to pay for, because I've used a lot of his tutorials for client work. Um, And so there are, there are resources there and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the WordPress codex is not really easy to go through, but there is nevertheless, a lot of good information there. Uh, And, you know, you'll, you'll, There are things you're going to want to refer back to. Um, And, you know, don't be as resistant as I was to learning PHP. Because if if I'd just given up and said, yes, I need to learn PHP, let me go like to lynda.com and check out their intro PHP course. You know, four years before I did, my life would have been much easier. Yeah, I think.
2: Yeah. I think that's great advice. Well, um, panel, I think we've had a great discussion. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to ask how people can get hold of you. And I'm going to start with Sally. Um, How can the the audience get hold of you, Sally?
1: All right. You can find my website at wpfangirl.com, and I blog there intermittently. Uh, And you can find my meetup at eastbaywp.com. And you can find me at Sally Getch on Twitter. And if you can spell my name, you can find all of me everywhere because there's only one of me in Google.
2: Yeah, very useful that is, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Mendel, how can people get hold of you?
1: Um, So uh,
3: I'm at ifyouwillit, ifyouwillit.com. If you will it it on everything there is on the internet. See, I didn't do a say read that time. I didn't say all the things. Um, you can also uh, check out the project I'm working on at godaddy.com/pro. And one other quick plug: um, Camp Press is coming up in two months. Uh, it's going to be super awesome, disconnected experience for uh, developers, creatives, geeks of all types. Um, we have a pretty eclectic crew, people coming as far from as far away as, as Germany. So um, you can check that out at camp.press. Uh, it'll be rad.
2: Oh, thanks for that, Mendel. Um, Adam, how can people get hold of you?
0: Sure, you can uh, check out any of my video content, youtube.com slash WPCrafter. I just did a series on security plugins, and you might find some surprising things. Some of those popular security plugins are slowing your site down big time. Uh, but my website as well is WPCrafter.com.
2: Yeah, I really like the security videos. I, I, I remarked on one of them, didn't I? Um, I yes. think you were, you were spot on with your, the core of your remarks. Um, really loved the stuff. Um, John, how can people get hold of you?
4: Well, you can find me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, lockdown underscore, or go like my Facebook page. Just search for lockdown design on Facebook. And how do people get a hold of you, Jonathan?
2: Oh, thanks, John. It's really easy, folks. You can get me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. You can email me at jonathan at wp-tonic.com or you can remark on the Facebook page. All the videos of the live shows are on there and you can watch the episodes live on the um, Facebook. It's really easy to get to that. The um, the links are all over the WP Tonic page, If you're around, you can watch us live and comment. Um, I just want to say to the panel, thank you so much for today's input. I think it's been another great show. We've covered a lot of material in uh, around 10 hour. It's quite amazing how much we covered. Folks, if you want to support the show, Please um, give us a review on iTunes. It really does help the show. And iTunes seem to take a lot of notice about reviews and getting them on a regular basis. Um, The numbers are growing, and um, I think we're producing some great stuff. So we'll see you next week um, for another great WP Tonic show. See you later, folks. Bye. Bye.